As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. All right, hey everyone, welcome to another Sleeping with the Numbers episode. Dylan and Pat here. We're going to be going over the model picks as well as the picks that we would take um, for the upcoming week. And as usual, we're going to kick it off with a terrible, awful question of the day that really needs answered. But the question is, uh, why is COVID so much worse this year compared to last year? It felt like last year, you know, we had a lot more worry about players getting COVID, but it never really happened. You know, they moved a few a couple games around and all that. But now it feels like players are actually getting COVID, actually testing positive for COVID and immediately being rolled out of these games. So uh, examples here. Big one was Aaron Rodgers this week. He is out this week and possibly next week because he won't give anyone a clear answer on if he's vaccinated or not. Um, The league, I'm sure, knows if he is or isn't. But if he isn't vaccinated, that puts his timeline at a much larger window, causing him to possibly miss not only week nine, but maybe even week 10. Uh, The other one, Saquon Barkley gets COVID after not playing for a couple weeks due to an ankle injury. So here he was kind of poised to come back and now he has COVID. So that is a a big problem, uh, both for sports betting and for fantasy football. So what's the issue, Pat? Why why are we having this problem? Uh, give us your your doctor answer. I think what the real problem is that I don't necessarily think that COVID's worse. I think people are more afraid of getting in trouble for having COVID and for spreading COVID. I think because like think about what happened to the Titans last year when they basically shut down and they had to keep moving games. I think that's the problem. I think the NFL doesn't want to move games. I mean, I've seen it in the documents. Yeah, the NFL even said, you know, coming into the season, games will be canceled and the team that has COVID will get the loss. So, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. And I don't I, you know, it, it I don't want to get political and all this shit, but it kind of ends up at that point. It's like I'm fine for people doing whatever they want, but I'm also fine with companies enforcing whatever rules they need to do in order to keep people safer. So here in Texas, we, we don't have either of that. Uh, you are not allowed to enforce anything, which cool, whatever, that's fine. Um, but I also feel like it, there's a right on the company to try to keep people safe. And the NFL, even though it's weird to think about, is a company um, and the players are their employees. So it's tough to say, oh, you know, you must be vaccinated to work here to play and all that. That's not what I want this country to be about. But at the same time, I understand it. Um, And we can kind of see the residual effects of that coming forward. So given that these players are going to be missing games, should the teams themselves crack down a bit more on um, maybe enforcing where they're allowed, if they're allowed to go out and stuff, if they're going to play? I mean, I think that's tough to answer because it depends on who you listen to. Like the NFL has their rules put in place in terms of what players can do and what they can't do, especially when they're traveling. But I mean, I think we've come to see that like you can have as many rules as you want, but there's not really a guaranteed way of like how to not get COVID. I mean, I don't think anybody really knows. And I think yeah. that's why we're still in this situation. 
Yeah, it's it's a rough one. It's a difficult one. Part of me wants to say, oh, we should do a bubble like the NHL and NBA did last year. But we know that won't happen because of ticket revenue. Uh, They don't want to kick people out. We want to get back to some sort of normal. And I completely understand that. You know, I'm going to be going to a Steelers game next month. Uh, I completely get wanting to be out there. So I I can't sit up here and say, oh, well, you should just stay inside because I'm not doing it. I don't think a lot of people are doing it. But at the same time, we know um, how much it it affects not not just the NFL, but the world. Um, So, again, stepping away from the politics stuff uh, and getting back into football. If these players are getting covid and are sitting out. Should the team still be obligated to pay them? I think so, because I don't think it, it's fair to the players if they get sick and it's not their fault, because there's not really a, a good way to prove that they did anything wrong. Yeah, definitely fair. Uh, I just always worry from it uh, from like a, a smaller player standpoint. So, you know, when when I was a, an agent and everything, of course, I didn't have any huge big name players or anything like that because those guys are all protected. You know, they get guaranteed money, but it's the lower guys, the undrafted free agents, um, the the sixth to seventh round uh, rookies. They don't have that protection. And if they're not playing, they're not getting paid. Uh, they're, they don't get that guaranteed money. So it's always a worry there because I feel like if it was one of those lower end guys that gets COVID, um, chances are they're not getting paid. Uh, I, I don't know that for sure, but just based on um, how the CBA is worded and, and how I know the contracts work, it uh, I, I feel bad if that was the case. Um, but, you know, not much we can do there. So getting into the games... Uh, we have a Thursday night football game. It is going to be the now hot streak New York Jets with their amazing new quarterback, Mike White. And they're going to be taking on Carson Wentz and the Indianapolis Colts at Lucas Oil Stadium. Uh, first off, Pat, how surprised were you by the Jets getting that win over the Bengals? I don't think I'm super surprised. I think I had that fear in my brain that Cincinnati isn't in that upper echelon of like, it's a guaranteed win, right? But like, what I'm really concerned about moving forward is like people banking that the Jets are going to continue this. I mean, how many times did a quarterback, I don't know, Nick Foles, Gardner Minshew, anybody who's played for the Jaguars, now that I'm thinking about it, had one really good game and then never did anything else. Mm-hmm. Remember when... um. Oh, gosh. Who is that guy who played and then he got that big contract, Matt Flynn, for the Seahawks? Like, how many times has this happened? Matt, is this another Matt Flynn situation where he's going to have one good game for like 400 yards and then he's just never going to play football again? Yeah, that, that's a very good question. And another guy that I always think of is Nick Foles. You know, he, he led the Eagles to a Super Bowl win, uh, got, I guess we can call it bench for Wentz. And then he gets a big contract with uh, was it was it Jacksonville? I know he was on St. Louis or not St. Louis. Jeez, Los Angeles at one point too. I'm not sure. Let's see. Let's take a look at that real quick. But yeah, I, I remember. Uh, okay, so he we went to St. Louis for a little bit. 
And then he went to Kansas City. Okay. The, then he came back to Philadelphia, won the Super Bowl, and then went to Jacksonville. Uh, he signed a four-year, $88 million contract with $50.1 million guaranteed and did absolutely nothing. And then he was traded to the Bears, which, again, did absolutely nothing. So he he's made a lot of money being a backup. Uh, and he's from Austin, Texas, so fun fun fact. Yeehaw. Yeehaw, yeah, that's that's us. So looking at the betting side of things, uh, as you can imagine, the uh, Colts are 10.5-point home favorites, a 45.5-point over-under. That uh, seems a little low, but I, I, I think I understand it. Colts' defense is, is quite good, and the Jets... You know, like we talked about, they're not anything incredible, but they are coming off a win. So Mike White, I believe, will be the starter again. Michael Carter had uh, his breakout game, did very well. And then it looks like the wide receiver one there is Jamison Crowder. Uh, I so so basically what that means is there isn't a wide receiver one in New York. Uh, Pat, do you see this game playing out really any differently? Are the Jets going to get a second win? I mean, I think what we've seen from the Colts is that they've been very hit or miss. Like, what I could see happening is it being super low scoring and the Jets covering, but probably not winning. I, I don't see Mike White doing it twice, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you there. But so let, let's get into the head coach uh, in, in his head. If you're the head coach of the Jets, Zach Wilson comes back and he's healthy. Are you sticking with White, or do you have to go back to your number two overall pick? I'm going to do Zach Wilson every time, because I'm not going to allow for, you know, some guy who's on a hot streak to ruin that. Not momentum, but, like, you don't want to ruin that relationship early. Yeah, I, I think that's fair, because if they bench Wilson, you're, they're basically saying, oh, yeah, that we wasted our pick. And I don't think they want to say that. I don't think that's true at all. I think Wilson has quite a lot of room to grow uh whether or not that's with the jets or not is to be determined but he should be there back to being the starter whenever he is healthy uh colts playing very well as well carson wentz uh has found his favorite wide receiver in michael Pittman. Pittman has had two fantastic games and then jonathan taylor you know, Derrick Henry is down now. Is Jonathan Taylor going to be the running back one every week going forward? It could be him or Kamara now that, you know, the Saints are basically without a quarterback. Yeah, very good point. Uh, it, man, John, he's just looks so good. And let, let's take a look at his stats over the past few games because it has been impressive. And I'm glad he's finally getting that work that he deserves because before they're like trying to get the ball to uh what the hell is it? Hines for whatever reason they're like he's the pass catching guy but they don't need to do that uh Jonathan Taylor is in every down back and needs to be treated as such so in his past three games he's gotten 70 yards 107 yards 145 yards and at least one touchdown in his past five games so he he's just on a hot streak right now the Indianapolis Colts uh, offensive line is also very, very good. 
and let's see what the model thinks. So the model, uh, just to kind of recap last week, again, put up its best. Uh, I don't want I don't want to call it score. It, it did its best performance last week and it was coming off its previous best performance. So uh, for the money line, the model went 10 and five. The spread, this is where there was a big change. I don't know what that change was, but before it wasn't doing too well with the spread. Now it, it was. Uh, it went 12, 2, and 1. It ended up pushing on the Buffalo Bills-Miami game. And then the over-under is still very hit or miss. It went 6 and 9. And this, again, is because... We, we talked about it last week when the model was predicting. It looks like it's predicting right on what Vegas has for the line, which makes it very difficult to pick an over and under because it's basically the same as flipping a coin. So, again, I if I'm following the model verbatim, I am f- not exactly fading. I'm just not paying attention to any of their over under picks because they're bad. They're really bad. And I don't know why. <laughs> Something to look into uh, maybe in the offseason. Either way, the model is going to be taking the Colts to win. It's going to take the over 46 points and the Colts to cover the 10 and a half point spread. I don't think there's any disagreements there, Pat, except maybe on the over under. Yeah, I agree with that completely. I mean, like I said, I think it's going to be low scoring, but that's just me. It could be the complete opposite. It could be a shootout for all we know. Yeah. Just depends what uh, what Mike White shows up. Maybe he's some sort of hero. Uh, from hero to zero, uh, Baker Mayfield is going to Cincinnati to play uh, the the Bengals, the team that the the Jets just beat. So Bengals end up losing here. They're five and three, second in the AFC North, now putting the Ravens in first place. Cleveland now in dead last after losing to the Steelers. Haha, <laughs> we called that one. But uh, what do you what do you do, Pat? Have you seen the video that Odell Beckham Sr. posted? I didn't see the video, but I saw the comment and I just feel like for whatever reason, Odell's always had drama surrounding him and I don't think his dad's doing him any favors. So side story here. Um, so when I had agent day at the University of Houston. I met with a wide receiver. I won't name names, um, but his dad was very similar to what I think Odell Beckham's dad is like, where he thinks, oh, my son's the best in the world. Uh, he deserves all the targets, all the receptions. He should only be targeted. He deserves everything. And that that is exactly how it felt when talking to this kid. The kid was very nice, very, very nice kid. But his dad was just an ass. Uh, he's like, oh, yeah, he's going to get drafted. He's going to get drafted. Um, basically, you know, I was the new guy on the block. I, I wasn't I didn't I wasn't with an agency or anything. I was pretty much on my own working with, you know, a, a couple other guys who would come in with me. But. The meeting went nowhere because the dad basically pushed me aside and he's like, no, we're going to get a big agent, uh, stuff like that. So that was as a I'm going to call myself a kid because I was 23 or 24 whenever this happened. And, you know, it was very disheartening uh, for that to happen. And then come draft weekend, I get an email from that kid 
asking if I still wanted to be his agent because no one has signed him. And I, I had to turn him down because there was a reason he wasn't getting signed. He wasn't getting drafted and he did not get drafted. Um, but it, it just goes to show that parents are always going to have a certain level of love for their kids as they should, but don't be delusional. And that's kind of how Odell's dad is handling this situation. Uh, do you think Odell stays with Cleveland next year? I, Cause I, I think he's gone. I don't know what his contract is, but he might get cut this season. Yeah, I think if I was Cleveland, I would just get rid of him because I don't know. I mean, ever since he left New York, he hasn't been the same player. So if it's me, no. I don't really care about the potential. I mean, outside of him, like Cleveland's wide receiver core isn't that great. I mean, Jefferson Landry's okay, but he hasn't played really. And I mean, David Njoku's a, a good athletic tight end who's always hurt. So, I mean, what else do they have to look for? There's no point. Like, you might as well get rid of him, save the money, and try to get more depth to your receiver core. Yeah, I'm 100% with you. He hasn't done anything since he's left New York. He had, you know, what, a, a good two seasons or whatever with Eli Manning, and then nothing since. Um, it's all the drama around him. It's not worth it. So if we look at his contract here, his contract is not up until 2024. If they were to cut him now, they will still be paying him $15.75 million. So they're not going to do that. <laughs> uh, however, if they do trade him, they would only owe him $1.25 million and say 14 and a half. So it sounds like to me, well, they well, trade deadlines pass, so they can't trade him. They're not going to cut him. That's just way too much money to be paying someone that's not going to play. Uh, however, after the season ends, uh, if they cut him, they will save $15 million. And that is exactly what I expect to happen. And then the question from there. Who takes him? Uh, apparently, there were talks with New Orleans to trade for Beckham, which obviously didn't happen because they knew Michael uh, Thomas was not going to be playing for the rest of the season. But. <sighs> He's not worth this money. What, what do you do? I mean, there's one of three teams who are. I wouldn't say dumb enough to take them. Two of them are dumb enough to take them. One of them is smart to take them. So the dumb, first dumb one's the Raiders. We don't have to get into why they need a wide receiver yes. at this point. Um, the second one is Washington, because their owner would probably pay him that money. And the third one, which is really smart, and he'll become a pro bowler, is New England. That's exactly the team I was going to say, because they won't pay him that much. But basically, what I'm what I'm thinking is like, if I'm Odell Beckham, I would not do the Raiders. I would not do Washington or Jacksonville. Or I would, I would do New England and take the thirty dollars or whatever they offer him for his contract, none of it guaranteed, and go just become you know a Pro Bowler again. Because what we've seen in New England is that Nelson Aguilar and Jacoby Myers are okay, but that's really it. I mean, it seems like Damian Harris is potentially the number one wide receiver sometimes. Yeah, uh, New England definitely has receiver problems. Hunter Henry's doing okay, but uh, yeah, Jacoby still doesn't have a touchdown, I believe. Um, but yeah, get get Max some veteran that you know used to have hands or whatever, sell a couple jerseys. I don't know. I just think he's towards the end of his career. Uh, if I'm being honest, it's all the hype is in the name. 
Either way, I'm honestly a little surprised by this line here, but the Bengals are two and a half point home favorites. Uh, just, just off the bat, bat, do, do you like that bet? I don't know. I, I think where I'm torn is like what we saw last week with Cleveland is that with minimal offensive firepower, they're still competent on defense. And I, I don't trust Cincinnati enough. So like to me, I'm not going to take either teams in the spread. I, I think it's too wishy-washy to call. But if I, if I was forced to come point to pick either one, I would probably take Cleveland just because I think overall with Nick Chubb available, I think that they have the more passive um, in terms of offense. Like they're more able to ground and pound and waste time. And I don't think Cincinnati can do that. I think that they, what we saw is that they were super relying on Jamar chase to make big plays and keep them alive. Yeah. Cleveland's defense is fantastic. They're allowing the eighth least rush yards, which is incredible. But, uh, the Cincinnati's more of a passing team, but again, 18th best against, uh, Pat for passing yards. So Cleveland's defense is very good. I even think Cincinnati's defense is, is pretty decent as well. And with the way Baker's playing, you know, you don't have to be that amazing to, to beat them, but I can see this hitting the over, even though we're talking about how good, um, these defenses are, they, there's still some firepower on, on both sides of the ball and Cincinnati, the way they're going to score is they're going to sling it between the twenties and then either let Joe Mixon run it in or they're going to go to, uh, you know, the, the big guy, uh, T Higgins in, in the red zone. So on the other side of the ball, the Browns, how, how are they scoring it? That's a big question. Who knows if Odell plays, you know, it, they told him to go home today, told him not to practice for whatever reason. There's obviously some anger between the two sides of this. Uh, but Jarvis Landry can't do it all on his own. Donovan Peoples-Jones is my poop, <laughs> I guess, is really what we can say. It, it's the run game of Cleveland that keeps him in the game. So uh, I, I've said it before. I think Nick Chubb's a fantastic running back, but he needs that number two guy behind him as well to be more effective. And I don't really know if Ernest Johnson fills that Kareem Hunt role. Looking to the model, the model is going to agree with the favorite. It is going to take the Bengals to win and cover. Uh, predicting a final score of 28 to 20. So I, I think that's absolutely fine. It's just barely taking the over. Pat, I think going forward, I'm not even going to read what it's predicting for the over under just because it's not relevant because I, I don't have any confidence in these over under bets that the model is making. Uh, so I'm just going to read off the the winner and, and the spread pick, but it's going to be Cincinnati for both of those. Next matchup, we have the six and one Dallas Cowboys who win a game with Cooper Rush, you know, an incredible backup quarterback. Uh, ends up winning the game to probably a lot of people's surprises uh, because the Cowboys quickly went from favorite to underdog whenever Dak was announced to be out. So they're playing at AT&T Stadium against the Denver Broncos. 
10 point home favorites. If Dak is back, I don't mind taking that that 10 points for Dallas at all. Their offense is so high powered, uh, apparently with or without Dak, but with Dak, they really step on the gas. And I, I would be OK with the 10 point spread for Dallas and even the over 49 and a half points. Yeah, I agree with you with the spread. Um, I think what my concern is the over is just because Denver has scored 17, 14, 24, 19. So I I think what I'm concerned about is Denver doing their part because their 24 came against Vegas. And I, I think we've seen that their defense is okay, but it's not fantastic. So totally agree with you on the spread, though. Yeah, I guess that would mean what Dallas got to put up 40 burger, which totally possible uh the broncos were the only ones to make a big trade before the deadline they got rid of von miller uh gave them to the rams now this might be a little uh hot takey but i don't think von miller's that good anymore i don't think he's really going to make that big of a difference i mean you already pissed people off by talking about covid and now you're trash talking von miller (laughs) So if we want to have any fans at all listen to this show, I will say I thought Von Miller was fantastic. When? <laughs> Everyone. All right. Okay. Well, well, all right. If he stays healthy, sure. I agree. Um, I just remember. I, I feel like it was because I was annoyed with him. You know, when Peyton led them to the Super Bowl, he just was this big shot on every single commercial wearing those stupid glasses. I, I just didn't like them. No, I agree with you. I, I think that the Broncos I mean, got the good end of the deal because they got two good draft picks. Next yeah. Year. Yeah. Good for them. They can finally get a quarterback, hopefully, and not draft. What did they draft? Did they draft a cornerback this season. I'm pretty sure they drafted a corner um, and, and left Mac Jones to go to New England. So, well, they were supposed to get Justin Fields, too. Yeah, yeah, they passed up on both of them, didn't they? Yeah, I'm looking up their pick. I forget. It's. I think you're right. It's not Patrick Sertan Jr., is it? It is. It is, yes. Yeah, I, I remember us watching that, and we're like, why? <laughs> so, hey, he's really highly graded on PFF. Yeah, no, I. Uh, that's fine. I respect that, but... You need a quarterback. <laughs> it's, not gonna, it's not Teddy Bridgewater. It's not... Uh, Crap. Uh, what's the other guy's name? Drew Locke. Drew Locke, yeah. That's how bad it is. I don't even remember his name, and he's not even that old. Either way, doesn't matter. Model is going to be taking the Dallas Cowboys to win. However, it is going to take the Denver plus 10. It only has the Cowboys winning by 7.78 points here. Um I, I think that's fair. Ten points is a big spread, but I just think the Cowboys are, are going to be that good offensively that they'll just get away from them. Any uh, uh, digs predictions here, Pat? Yeah, he's going to intercept the ball, and then he's uh-huh. going to fumble it, and then he's going to strip sack that person, okay. and he's going to take it back. All right, I like so it. So it's going to be a I, double turnover for a touchdown. <laughs> I don't I don't know where you can bet that, but I feel like that would be really good odds. If you want to pay me five bucks, I can put that bet in for you. Okay, I'll Venmo you. Next matchup, we have the 
Oh, they're not winless. They have one win. Uh, I almost said winless. Sorry, Houston. Uh, the one and seven Houston Texans go to Miami to take on the one and seven Miami Dolphins. Uh, they, you know, the big trade that was totally going to happen with Deshaun Watson didn't happen to everyone's surprise, except, you know, if you were paying attention at all. Uh, of course, that trade wasn't going to happen. This was all hype, all quick clickbait. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't get how people thought that trade was going to happen. There's just so much that still has to come out about Watson's uh, court cases. And before that happens, dude's not playing football. Uh, It is as simple as that. But the Dolphins are six and a half point home favorites, 45 and a half point over under. So pretty low here. Two has been playing pretty well, actually, for the past few games. Uh, Didn't. You know, wasn't anything amazing against the Bills, but the game before that, he was the quarterback one. He had four touchdowns. He he just needs to figure out the uh, the turnover issue. You know, he's thrown an interception at least once in the past three games. Uh, might I I don't even know who would intercept the ball on the Houston side, but six and a half points. I I don't know I I kind of refuse to take the Texan points anymore. Uh, are, are you taking Dolphins to cover? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think between the two, the Dolphins have been more competitive because if you look at the Texans' previous five, the only game that they were close was against New England. Everyone else, they yeah. lost by at least double digits, including yeah. five points scored, three points scored, and zero points scored. Now, granted, they're three good teams. Mm-hmm. And I guess, but but in reality, Miami has played three pretty good teams as well, and they didn't get blown out that bad. So I'm not taking the Texans' points. Um, maybe if Tyrod was back, but in this situation, I think that the spread's too much um, for Houston to cover. And I, I think it's going to be the under for sure. I think you're right. I think that two has been irresponsible with the ball, but I think that's probably because he's trying to get back into a rhythm of things. And Miles Gaskin's starting to come back a little bit. Um, so I think that hopefully if Miles Gaskin continues to gain more volume in um, the offense, that, you know, hopefully that's less pressure on Tua. Do you think Mills is their quarterback for the future or are they going to take someone next year? I think it probably depends on who's available when they draft. I mean, if it's me at this point, like you can put any quarterback in, in that offense. It's not going to matter. Yeah. Yeah. They, they man, they really just got to, go from the ground up looking at I'm curious on their salary cap let's look at what the, so cal, salary cap is increasing next year um let's see how much money they got so next year oh okay no that's fine the web page can just crash okay so next year Houston is going to have the 13th most in cap space with $44 million to uh, play with. Man, so I'm, I'm curious who would be available next year. You know, if we're looking at free agents coming up. At Aaron Rodgers. Oh, God, he wouldn't do that. He's too proud. Um, looking Adam at Schechter said he's or uh, Ian Rapport said he's not vaccinated, so maybe he's not. Maybe he's willing to do it. Maybe he's a wild card that we haven't thought about. <laughs> That's true. He said he's immunized. He never said he was vaccinated. That was the word he used. So I, 
Sure. I mean, we'll hear him on the Pat McAfee show. See what he has to say. So quarterbacks that are going to be free agents next year. Ben Roethlisberger, he's just going to retire. Taysom Hill. That's a little interesting. Ryan Fitzpatrick, he'll never retire. Andy Dalton, Nick Foles, Tyrod Taylor, Jameis Winston. That one's also interesting to me. Teddy Bridgewater, uh, Mitchell Trubisky. A lot of other names here that I don't think anyone really cares about. Uh, Yeah, I, I don't know who you really get out of that group. Just maybe draft someone else. Let some competition happen. And we talked about it, but we're not comfortable taking Houston to cover, but the model is. The model is going to take Miami to win, but Houston to cover. Our next matchup here, we have an NFC South matchup. The Atlanta Falcons are taking on the New Orleans Saints in the Superdome. Saints coming off a win against Tampa Bay somehow, which shocked the world. Uh, Saints are going to be six-point home favorites against the Falcons. I I don't know who's going to be the quarterback here, Pat, but I don't know if it really matters. I don't, I'm having a hard time seeing how the Falcons win this game. Uh, some other big news that we haven't talked about here, but everyone knows Calvin Ridley is stepping away from football at the moment to focus on his mental health. So, uh, you know, best of luck for him. What happens as far as his football career goes is uh, a big question. Uh, He's on the final year of his rookie contract, so he was going to be playing for a big contract. So whether or not he comes back this season is to be determined. I don't think he does if I'm, you know, projecting. But uh, either way, Falcons are going to be without their number one wide receiver, meaning the wide receiver one is Cordero Patterson. Is that the right name, Pat? <laughs> yeah, I believe that's right. Gross. Okay. So either way, given that, I, I don't think the Falcons can win here. New Orleans Saints defense, even if their offense isn't, you know, top notch at all times, especially without a quarterback, their defense is. So I think I think the bet is for the Saints to win and cover here. I'm honestly a little surprised that the line is that close. I'm I'm not. I mean, I I, I don't think it's as big of a blowout as you do. Um, I think what I'm looking at is Atlanta. Well, maybe I should bite my words because now I'm realizing who they played their last five games. They must have been on rookie mode, man, because they had Carolina, Miami, the Jets, Washington, and the Giants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whereas the Saints beat Tampa, Seattle, Washington, New England, and they lost to the Giants. I don't know. I mean, it's so backwards. Who cares? The NFC South is a goofy division. Um, yeah, I I care because I'm on this podcast with you. But in reality, <laughs> I, I think it's going to be closer to what it think what we think because we're not sure who the quarterback's going to be. Um, I think Kamara is going to get a lot of utilization for sure. Um, I think what is really interesting though is that defensively um actually offensively to correct myself two of the lowest time of possession teams so what that tells me is both pass both are pass heavy um and we've seen that with cordero patterson being the number one receiver and running back which is really weird so i don't know i mean i think that it could be potential for you know 
a shootout um, in a low-scoring form. I think that, you know, neither of these teams are going to run the ball. You know, what's a scary fact is hmm. that the Saints have a better chance of playoffs than the Kansas City Chiefs. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's... Uh, so, so wow. Okay, so do the Patriots. The Patriots currently have a better shot at playoffs than the Saints. Patriots at forty nine percent chance. Saints at, I'm sorry, uh, Chiefs at twenty nine percent. This is this is all mathematically. Uh, so don't take into account. You know, this isn't saying oh, this person's they can win the rest of the way out. They absolutely can. But in terms of like fifty fifty chance for every single game uh yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be tough and that's kind of what it, that's exactly what it's been for the chiefs 50 50 they're four and four flip a coin yeah going back to this though one thing i want to make a you know make a comment of before you move on the money line percentage of bets you know better than i do we should always fade the public the public 88 percent thinks that new orleans is going to win with yeah. who at quarterback I'm calling it right now. Falcons are going to win 54 to nothing. <laughs> well, I'll get I'll give you that if if the line was plus 47, <laughs> then I would <laughs> believe that. But yeah, that that is interesting, but the flip side to that pat, the the counter uh point. So the public, the 88% of the bets are on New Orleans, but the sharp money, 62% of it is on Atlanta. Mm. So that that is actually that's not a calibre. That helps your argument, right? Because if most of the money is going towards Atlanta, the people willing to spend up on the Falcons are expecting something from it. So that's an interesting one. So only 12% of the bets makes up 62% of the money. So there's some big bets on the Falcons is really what that's saying right now. I don't mind that. I don't mind that at all, actually. Um, why Falcons wouldn't plus you? Six here. Yeah, yeah. Why wouldn't you in this situation? If you're getting plus 195 for a team yeah. that is playing a team without a quarterback, why not? Yeah, that... I think that that's fine. And, 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 you know, I said, I'm like, yeah, I like the Saints minus six. That's what I like about these discussions. You know, I'm not in my own head saying like, yeah, Dylan, you're right. You're right. Definitely minus six. You know, you bring up these these points and they make a lot of sense. And now I'm like, yeah, you know what? Falcons plus six. That that's good. I I understand that my uh, the wrench in all of that for me is just the Saints defense. I think they are very very good and i don't know if the falcons offense can kind of overcome that because if we're looking at um the the saints defense this is fantasy points wise but fantasy points they're only giving up uh 25.4 points to the wide receiver position which is the one to seventh least amount of points um and then running backs they're give they're they they allow points to the running back, which is a little interesting here. So again, more points for for Cordero Patterson here. Um, it it'll be interesting to see. I expect Atlanta to pass quite a bit because they have to. And because of that, do you have more faith in Kyle Pitts kind of going off? 
I'm not sure. I, I don't like to put all my eggs into a you know a rookie's basket, but I, I think that what we've pick. seen from him is that he's playing in a situation where you know the defense is decent. I mean, I don't know. He's kind of been. He's had one really good game. That's really been it. Um, so I don't know. I, I think it's going to be probably Atlanta getting, you know, a lot of points, but I don't know if it's going to get all to Kyle Pitts. I mean, Calvin Ridley, before he quit, he didn't do anything anyways. And it, the ball's been going to Cordero the entire time. So I think it's going to continue yeah. to do that until the Saints stop him. Yeah, that that's absolutely fair. And like I said, they're not, they're allowing points to the running back position. And Patterson acts as both a, a running back and wide receiver. So expect a lot, I guess. Model, Saints to win, Saints to cover. Next matchup. Um, I guess we'll, we'll get a little bit into the news and the discussingness of this, but the Ve- Las Vegas Raiders are going to be taking on the Giants. Um, we're a sports show. We're an NFL show. We'll bring this up just briefly. Uh, I don't, we don't need to go into too much detail, but uh, Henry Ruggs, ends up in a car crash that ends up uh, with a fatality, um, ends up killing someone else. He was drunk, going way over the speed limit. Uh, The Raiders have cut him, and according to uh, Nevada law, he is facing a minimum of two years in prison. Uh, Whether or not that actually happens will be determined... um, I, football players get away with things. That's that's kind of where I'll 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 end that. Um, you can look up previous cases in which a former NFL player caused a death by a DUI. Um, they kind of end up getting off the hook. But in terms of this game, Rugs is going to be gone. So more volume for Waller and Renfro, Pat. Hopefully. I mean, I, I think that this might allow for Waller to be the big threat again. Um, I think, you know, Ruggs didn't really do too much in terms of, like, consistency, but he did have those opportunities where he was getting those deep balls. And I don't think Darren Waller is, like, a deep ball speedster type of player, but, I mean, it, it, it forces him to step up because outside of him, who else is there on their team? You know, Brian Edwards. I mean, people keep talking about him, but I'm not sure at this point in time, if he's like the replacement or if he's just, you know, another good wide receiver. Like, for example, the Steelers, like there's a reason we have Deontay, Juju and Claypool because they're three completely different types of receivers. I mean, with Henry Ruggs gone, you have to have a guy who can be that deep threat. And I I just don't know if Brian Edwards is that person. Yeah, I, I think it will end up being between Edwards and Zay Jones. You know, both of those guys kind of end up being the deeper target ball where Renfro and Waller are more of the short yard, yardage PPR type guys. Um, but Edwards' average uh, yards per catch is 19.2, and so is Zay Jones. So those guys seem to be kind of that deep ball threat. It's just neither one of them have that speed uh, that Ruggs had. So going into this matchup, the Giants almost beat the Kansas City Chiefs. They should have beat the Kansas City Chiefs. So they lost by three points. And in this game, they are three point dogs at home. 
it might be okay to take a flyer on them here against a Raiders team that maybe maybe they don't know what their offense is going to be now moving forward. So that that's a possibility. Uh, again, Saquon is out on the COVID list. Uh, sounds like Sterling Shepard is also going to be out with a hamstring injury that he re-aggravated in the Kansas City game. Kadarius Tony also got hurt during that game but came back. So Kadarius is now the number one, and I I like that a lot. I think he's a very talented player, so it might be him and uh, Darius Slayton in this lineup. And Devontae Booker has done fine in Saquon's place. So, uh, Pat, if if you're taking a bet here, Raiders or Giants? You know, I think the last time we had this issue, whenever John Gruden got fired, I'm like, oh, the Raiders are going to fall apart. And they they didn't. Um, I don't think Henry Ruggs is that was that big of a part of the offense. So I think in terms of, you know, which teams have done better. Um, I mean, to me, the Raiders and the Giants are comparable, but I think the Raiders have more pieces going for them right now because Daniel Jones is your number one rusher, which is ridiculous for the Giants. Um, Kadarius Tony, you know, I, I agree with you. He's a good player, but I would like to know that he's fully healthy and that he's not going to go out there and get hurt again. Um, so I think for me, just based off of like consistency, I'm going to take the Raiders. Um, probably going to do them money line, maybe the point spread. I think it will be close, um, but I think it's probably going to go to the under just because in the past few games, the Raiders have scored a lot, but it's been against Philly and Denver, and I'm not really sure if that's going to continue over when they play the Giants. Yeah, Giants defense not looking great either. They completely disappeared on that final drive in the Kansas City game. But model is going to agree with you, Pat. Raiders to win, Raiders to cover. Next matchup, two, four, and four teams. New England taking on the Carolina Panthers. It's sounding like Darnold is going to be sitting this game. Uh, P.J. Walker is going to end up starting is what it is trending to. Yikes. <laughs> I think that makes me just a a good bit more confident in New England minus three and a half. Any reason for me not to do that? No, I I completely agree with you. I think that New England, what we've seen is that they're super consistent and they have two really good wins and a close loss to Dallas. So I think that's in my eyes, it's kind of crazy that the spread's only three and a half. Yeah, that seems quite close. Now, the over-under is also pretty low at 41 points. And again, anytime it's kind of near, you know, that 39 and a, or I'm sorry, the 40, like 43 and lower is kind of where I like to take that over just because it's just super low. But looking at their past few games, Carolina especially, 19 3 28-18. Then New England has put up 27-54. That's against the Jets. And then 29. So it's it's a good line, I guess. But if I had a bet on this one, I'm, I'm leaning towards the over. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that the over is highly possible. Um, I think most of those points will probably be New England. And the model is also going to be taking New England to win. However, it does have the Panthers covering. And then again, I, I feel like I need to bring this up 
every time we talk about the model. Uh, the model does not know who the starting quarterbacks are. It has no idea. All it knows are, are, is the stats, knows nothing about names, knows nothing about the injuries. So given, well, it might be better with P.J. Walker than Darnold has been playing, but who knows? Uh, either way, the model has no knowledge of that. That's what's going on. Next matchup here, five and two Buffalo Bills <laughs> go down to Florida to take on Jacksonville. The new hotness, Trevor Lawrence at one and six. Bills are 14 and a half point away favorites. Minus 1100 money line. You're definitely not taking that bet there. Uh, over under a 48 and a half points. Fun fact here. Over is hit in five of the Jackson Jaguars, Jacksonville Jaguars last six games against the Buffalo Bills since 2012. So with that over under and point spread, it's giving an implied score of 17 for Jacksonville, 31 and a half for Buffalo. Do you like the over here, Pat? Is it can Buffalo themselves put up 40 points? I think it's possible. I mean, because I'm looking at they've done it against Washington, Houston, pretty close with Kansas City, pretty close with Tennessee. The Miami game was weird. I mean, I just felt like the Buffalo just not slowed down, but like they just they had a a very slow first half and they I don't know. I think it's really possible. I don't I think Jacksonville's horrible. Um but it's going to rely a lot on Buffalo to get those points. Like that 17 implied score is it's a little high for me to be honest with you. I guess see Jacksonville getting 10 or even 7. Yeah, they've done, what is it, 7, 23, 19, 21, 19 in their last five. So, you know, they can get around 20 points. I, that's close. That's a close one for me. Uh, again, follow our Action Networks to see what we end up betting. Uh, links are in the descriptions. The model has all the faith in the world in Buffalo. They've been going with them for quite some time, had them to beat Kansas City, which they did. It's going to take Buffalo here as well against Jacksonville, as it should, and it also is going to take Buffalo minus 14.5. Next up, we've got a matchup of the Purple People Eaters. Uh, Minnesota, Viking, <laughs> Minnesota Vikings are taking on the Baltimore Ravens. That was stupid. <laughs> um, but uh, the Ravens are six-point home favorites here. So, again, that's that line that I like to take for my, for my teasers. Uh, so, again, pay attention to our Action Networks as this will likely be a line that I throw in there. So Ravens, six-point home favorites, 49.5 point over-under. Ravens are coming off of the bye, and the Vikings are coming off a loss to Cooper Rush. So one of them feeling good, the other one feeling bad. Uh, I don't know. I, I think the right bet is the Ravens. Um, I, I don't like betting on them because they're a division rival, but... Minnesota, it's just been heartbreak for them all season. Can they get it? Can they get the ship steered right in this matchup? I don't think so. And I think the my main logic is that Baltimore, outside the Cincinnati loss, has had two pretty good games where they beat up on the Chargers and beat the Colts. Um, and they beat up on Denver as well. Whereas Minnesota's wins, I mean, Carolina's, they're a bunch of bums. Detroit's a bunch of bums. Seattle, eh. I don't know. I think that the main concern is that Minnesota's offense, until further notice, is not as high-powered as what it could be. Um, it seems like 
like they have the potential to do it, but there's not they're not getting there. Um, I think I'm more concerned that Baltimore is going to score a lot, score early, and then hold on to the ball. Um, because you know, even though the time of possession for both teams is pretty bad, Baltimore does have a higher time of possession. So for me, I, I think that Lamar's really going to dictate this game in terms of if he's willing to play to his full potential or not, because he is their leading passer and rusher. Yeah, that's very, very good points there. It's, uh, I don't know. I, I just think the Ravens are a good team. Uh, Vikings defense has been a bit disappointing. Now, I guess a question here, who's there? <laughs> I mean, you said it, Lamar's their leading rusher, but who actually is their running back one at the moment? Is Murray Wesley still hurt? Murray. Um, I don't know. Who do they want to Doesn't matter, off? I guess. I'm surprised they didn't sign for Adrian Peterson. Now he's on the Titans. They should have just picked him up and, you know, had a whole entire squad of old running backs. That's right. And they know he looks good in purple. Yeah, it's <laughs> true. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> the model Ravens to win, but Minnesota to cover the plus six. Another matchup here and one. I don't know. I don't know what to say about the Chargers. They started it off very hot. And. They've just kind of fallen hard down to earth, somehow still in second place in the AFC West, but they're taking on Philadelphia Eagles in Philly. Uh, Chargers are a point and a half away favorites. Now, Pat, you've been a, a fan of the Chargers this season. Are you easily taking them to cover this? I don't think easily. Um, I think what we saw from Philadelphia is that they were dominant over a really bad team, which is good. And they were competitive against Tampa Bay, which now that I'm starting to see that Tampa was competitive with Philadelphia and they lost to the Saints, maybe Tampa's not as good as we thought they were, Um, especially with Rob and AB not playing as much. Um, That really hurts Tom Brady's weapon choice. Um, But I think for me, I'm going to take Los Angeles just because I, I think in terms of total skill, especially with Austin Eckler at running back, um, I just can't imagine that Philadelphia is going to have the offensive capabilities of staying within this game. I think the Chargers overall have more weapons on offense, whereas Philadelphia got lucky last week against a really bad team. Yeah, and the Chargers' resume this season is quite a bit more impressive. First off, they beat Kansas City, which apparently everyone's doing now. Uh, but they beat Vegas, who is currently first in their division. They beat Cleveland back when everyone was healthy. Their two losses are against Baltimore, which, you know, there's no real uh, shame in losing against Baltimore. And then I, I think a, a surprising loss against New England. But Bill Belichick, you know, he's a mastermind. It's that's obvious. Uh, only lost by three. Uh, but I think that was the, the game that kind of threw everyone off in terms of what the Chargers are. The model is going to take Philadelphia to win. And of course, since they're the underdog, it is going to take them the cover, which is. Man, it's surprising. Um, I think the game against Detroit really padded their stats, and that might be a, a reason why they're taking them to win. But at the same time, Vegas kind of kind of seems to be on the Eagles as well with with a such a small spread. So that that'll be a game to watch. 
The other game that would be one to watch now, I don't think anyone cares. Uh, Green Bay taking on Kansas City. Green Bay going to be without Aaron Rodgers. So Jordan Love is going to be the quarterback for Green Bay. Uh, the I believe Green Bay was favored at the opening line, if I am not mistaken. Uh, let me see if I can find that. The Chiefs were favored uh, at the start, but only by a little bit. Now with the announcement that Rodgers is sitting out, they're now a full touchdown point favorites at minus seven. And I believe the, the over-under also went down. It's now at 48 and a half points. That makes sense with Jordan Love with only 68 passing yards this season. Gross. So before uh Rodgers was announced out I would have taken the Packers to win this game outright with the money line and the spread now you know I'm not so sure but at the same time the Giants almost beat them is this one we just don't touch Pat I wouldn't I would be highly concerned my main thing that I'm looking at right now is the Packers have a lot of the bets 71% of the money line 99% of the money is on the Packers yeah 93% 93% of the money is on the point spread for Packers plus seven. I'm, I don't know. I mean, the Chiefs have just been so bad. And we just saw Mike White throw for 400 yards. So maybe Jordan Love has the game of his career. <laughs> Who knows? I wouldn't touch it. Yeah, I, I am going to stay away from this one. The only one I might be confident in is maybe the under. Uh, just because, you know, these are supposed to be two explosive teams. But without the captain of the Packers. How many points are they really scoring? And then the Chiefs looking the way they have, you know, they're they won't be putting up a lot of points either. I don't think Green Bay's um, Green Bay's defense isn't terrible. They're allowing the sixth least passing yards per game uh, and the seventh least total yards per game. So that they're, they've been very good. Eighth in sacks, seventh in interceptions. They've been good, um, quietly good. You know, I don't think when people bring up good defenses that the Packers are really in that conversation, but they've been good. Um, and the Saint, uh, Saints, man, I cannot, I don't know who they are. The Chiefs uh, have not looked great offensively. Mahomes has been turning over the ball. He has 10 interceptions to 19 touchdowns which is, is that first in the league? That might be first in the league. Uh, something to look up. But either way, that's a lot of interceptions for Mahomes, and that is why, likely, the model is taking the Packers to win and cover because they are now the underdogs. Uh, again, model has no idea that Aaron Rodgers is out, so take that with a grain of salt. Another matchup, which I, I think this is going to be a fantastic matchup, is the Arizona Cardinals coming off their first loss that A.J. Green handed them. That was awful. Um, taking on San Francisco in San Francisco. Cardinals only a point away favorite. Pat, I'm I'm easily taking that, and I'm also easily taking the minus 115 money line. That You're never going to get the Cardinals this close to even money for the rest of the seasons, I believe. So I'm going to take this opportunity to to take those. Yeah, I agree. And I think my only thing is, is the reason that it's so close is their fear that Kyler is like not ready to play because I don't understand why else there would be such a close of a spread. 
Yeah, I think that might be the the worry here. Um, I believe he got a did not practice. Yeah, he sit, sat out of practice today. This is Wednesday, November 3rd. Sat out of practice with an ankle strain, but he is trending to play. So really what that means is pay attention to Thursday practice and, and really Friday practice is usually the one that is most telling. And most importantly, pay attention to Pat's injury report episode because uh, he'll let you know. The model taking Cardinals to win again has no idea about the possible Kyler Murray injury. So Cardinals to win, Cardinals to cover for the model. We now have our primetime games. One of them is a good matchup. Uh, the Tennessee Titans taking on the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, both of these teams doing very well recently, but the Rams are going to be seven and a half point home favorites. So uh, Stafford and Cup probably going to do Stafford and Cup things. They're having breakfast together. They're they're scoring a lot of points together. So I don't think we expect anything less out of the Rams here. But the Titans are on a big win streak four games in a row. They've beaten some good teams. Jacksonville not being one of them. They beat the Buffalo Bills, Kansas City Chiefs and the Colts. So all good. Again, their last three, at least, have been against very good teams. The Rams, however, they've kind of had an easy schedule. Uh, beat Houston, duh. Detroit, yep. Giants, yep. Seattle, again, nothing fantastic. They lost against Arizona by 17 points. So are the Rams super good, Pat? Or have they just had a, a very easy schedule handed to them? I think that they're, I think both, I think that their offense um, has a lot of good weapons. And I think that for the most part, I, they've done a good job of when they've played these bad teams, like not making it close. Um, yeah. You know, I think for me, the Rams and the Titans are comparable teams if Derek Henry is playing. So I think out of those two, I'm probably going to pick the Rams just because Derrick Henry is not going to be present. I think that's really going to hurt Tennessee's offense. If Derrick Henry is playing, I'd say it'd be a really close game. Yeah, I agree. And again, news that we got to bring up here. Uh, Henry likely out for the season. He's going to be having foot surgery. He got a, a Jones fracture, which I don't really know what that is. But, you know, Pat, maybe, maybe that's something we look into on the injury report. Um, so looking at defenses here we know the rams defense is is quite good and they just added von miller which is you know supposed to make them better but we'll find out but you brought it up pat no derrick henry it sounds like it's going to be a mixture of adrian peterson and jeremy mcnichols uh oof <laughs> so i don't exactly know how that split is gonna work my gut reaction is Peterson should take the early downs and then McNichols as a chain of change of pace guy. But it it's gross. I don't know how much AP has left in the tank. So the model is going to take the Rams to win, but Tennessee to cover. Um, I I think that's fine. It, what So what I really think the Titans need to do is get A.J. Brown the ball a lot. They did that very well last week. 
and I th- I think the week before as well. I also think Hul- it sounds like Julio Jones is going to be back. Uh, so I I hope their passing game can get it going. Maybe they get in some trouble with uh, who is it? Jalen Ramsey covering um, AJ Brown, and then Julio just gets the ball a ton. But I think they're going to have to pass the ball quite a bit here without Derrick Henry. Then the final matchup of the week, one that we will definitely watch, but I don't really expect this to be too exciting. But Monday Night Football, we have the Chicago Bears taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers at Heinz Field. Steelers are six and a half point home favorites. I don't know the last time we were that, but, you know, good for them. And like every Steelers game, it seems, Pat, very, very low over under. Here we are again at 39 and a half total points scored giving an implied score of 23 points for the Steelers and 16 and a half for Chicago. And I think that makes a lot of sense. I think our defense is going to really disrupt this Chicago offense. I don't expect fields to do what he did last week and have a good game. I think we're going to be in his face all night and it's going to be a problem for him. Yeah, I agree. I think that, for the most part, the Steelers defense should rock fields. I think that where I would be highly concerned is not the Steelers defense, but the Steelers offense just allowing for the Bears to not like die quickly. I think if as long as Pittsburgh can score a lot early, which is a really tall order to ask because they don't, mm-hmm. I, I think that it'll be fine. What I don't want to happen is basically what happened with the Browns, where Steelers offense doesn't really do anything, and then the Bears just kind of linger around. I think that's the main concern. So this is interesting to me because I always thought that the Bears had a really good rush defense, but they're allowing the third most rush yards. Uh, so Najee Harris, a lot of his work has been done in the passing game, but do you think he, he gets more groundwork this game if we're running out the clock? It's possible. I think that if I was Matt Canada, I would do that for sure. I would expect a lot of maybe attempts at jet sweeps, but I think for the most part, you'll, you'll see Najee get probably a hundred yards. I don't think he'll, you know, get something absurd. It's not going to be like using Derrick Henry for sure. I think if Pittsburgh is smart, maybe they'll use that as like little dump pass opportunities. So that way they're not really running him with the ball, but they're still doing almost like a rush. Yeah. And then, you know, that for some reason gives Ben, uh, passing points as well for those little, Chuck passes. He's trying to load the stat book before he retires. Hey, do what you gotta do. It's like uh, that's like Brady. He he doesn't he refuses to take kneels because he doesn't want to lower his rush yards. Hmm. All right, so looking at uh, I'm trying to see some prop bets for for Najee here. So currently the rushing yards is at sixty nine and a half at minus one fifteen. Um, I. I like that, you know, given what we just talked about with um, the Bears giving up a lot of rush yards. I, I think that's fine. He can break one free and, and easily get that. The model has learned from its mistakes of the past and is finally going to take the Steelers to win one and to cover in Monday Night Football. And that is going to do it for all of our bets here. So, again, thanks for listening. 
Uh, you can tail all of our bets on our action networks. We have one for myself, for Pat, for both of us. That is the Sweatin' Podcast. Those are going to be the bets that we both agree on and are taking. And then, of course, the model has its own action network. You can also follow these bets on our website at sleepingwithinnumbers.com. And hopefully by Sunday, we will have a mobile app on iOS. So the the Apple App Store should get our mobile app here by the end of the week. And on there, you will be able to pretty much do exactly what I just said. Tailor bets, um, both mine, Pat's, the podcast, the model. And then what is different on the app than everywhere else is going to be our DFS lineup. So if you listen to the show, if you follow our, our Twitter, you know that we give out three DFS lineups for free every week. And just a heads up, three out of the three I gave last week, those all cash. So, you know, we're pretty good at this. Um, but with with the mobile app, you are able to get up to 20 DFS lineups. And the way you do that is we give you the three for three. And then there's going to be a little button. You watch a 15 to 30 second ad. You don't actually have to watch it. If you want to look away, I won't tell. Uh, <laughs> either way, it, it helps us out and it gets you a, another free DFS lineup that you can use to win back that money uh, that <laughs> that you're spending with the time spent watching the ad. So that's just an easy way to get more free DFS lineups up to 20 and it helps us out. So please check that out once it's released and I'll be sure to tweet that out. And again, if you want to do some prop betting, check out Monkey Knife Fight. We have a link below. You get your first deposit match instantly up to $100. I know NBA is back. A lot of people are doing prop bets for the NBA. I, I did a couple today. I'm, I'm not big on the NBA, but I'm into betting. And I went on Monkey Knife Fight, made a few prop bets. Super easy. If it is your first time sh signing up, you get your first deposit match instantly up to $100 when you use our link that is down below in the description. If you want to get a free month of BarkBox, click our link below. BarkBox is a subscription, dog, treat, and toy package that comes to you monthly. And I use it for my dog. I get the Super Chewer, which those are really, really high, durable, high-quality toys that and she has yet to break because she has a pit bull, so she is pretty rough with her stuff. Um, but we like BarkBox because, you know, for the, the amount that you spend, it's the same that you would spend going to the store and buying five to ten toys that the dog destroys instantly or treats that they eat in ten seconds. So I would highly recommend giving it a chance. Um, they always have cool promotions, always have cool themes, and for the most part, we've never had an issue with them, and I think that your dog will love it. So like I said, click the link below if you want a free month. You can also check out our historical puppy picks on the website now. Uh, if you go to the website, there's a link for the puppy picks. Have all of our historical picks there, um, as well as the offers for BarkBox on that same page. Uh, before we end this, we also have some breaking news. So, Pat, Odell Beckham Jr. will not be with the Cleveland Browns for the rest of the season. He's not cut, but he is not part of the team at this time. So. I don't exactly know what that means, but uh, that is what the head coach is saying. Yeah, to me, that just sounds like a mess. That seems like someone who wanted to be traded. They didn't want to trade. It sounds like Deshaun Watson. Like, there's just never going to be an answer. Is he on the right. team? Why do you have him on the 53? It's that's it's going to be like this for the rest of the year. So to be continued. Anyways, thanks.